Alicia Bistram, and you're listening to the Every Shade Podcast. So my very first Every Shade guest is Lakeisha May. Lakeisha is a classically trained actress, and she's a producer with an MFA in acting from the American Conservatory Theater, and she has her bachelor's from Spelman College. She has performed in a variety of off-Broadway and regional theaters around the country, and her on-screen credits include Boardwalk Empire, Law & Order SVU, and others. Lakeisha also enjoys providing arts education and programming to all ages and facilitating team-building workshops at universities throughout the U.S. and Canada. So Lakeisha created a short series on IGTV called Farmer Keisha. Farmer Keisha is a story of a struggling actress in New York City who decides to leave the industry and becomes a farmer. The series was an attempt to fuse her two passions for food and performance using the limited resources she had. Each episode is found on IGTV and they run for one minute each. Lakeisha describes Farmer Keisha as her alter ego, the alter ego who follows her personal journey toward food sovereignty and sharing the message of good food for all. So Lakeisha, thank you so much for doing this interview with me because I'm super excited. You're my first person that I'm interviewing for this podcast. And also, I remember you actually posted Farmer Keisha on IGTV like a couple months back. You did all the episodes. I really liked your vision and I was really curious to why you did what you did. And I don't know, everything about it was just so interesting. So it's like, now's my chance to ask you these questions. But you're gardening right now, right? You're in the East Coast. I am. Yeah. So I'm back home Um, today. This wasn't intentional. Like today, this morning, I actually did garden. Okay. um, And I'm also composting. So my um, aunt last night was like, I'm cutting up watermelon and pineapple and I have all these rinds. Normally I just throw them in the cornfield for like birds to eat it, but maybe you want the rinds to put in your compost bin. So I have a compost tumbler um, where I like make my own compost. I haven't gotten any compost yet. And um, so compost is just a combination of it's food scraps, dark, uh material like brown materials like um leaves and you can use paper and those things combine over time with heat you mix it up air put some air in there and it decomposes and it becomes like crumbly soil food essentially i guess to make it a simple explanation and so because i started this garden and there's no compost pickup in my hometown of Gloucester, Virginia. Um, I kind of felt bad about just throwing my food scraps in the trash. So now I throw them into this bin in my backyard. And then hopefully, I've had some heavy rains that have kind of messed with the compost. But hopefully in a few weeks, um, I will have some, so- some food for my actual garden. Um, and that's, it's a way to use... Um, nature to like feed your garden without getting like pest I mean, excuse me chemical pesticides chemical fertilizers mm-hmm. and different things like that to like boost the growth and and feed your garden so i'm trying to do it the all natural organic regenerative way because it also saves the planet the climate um yeah. helps to reverse climate change to do that so yeah, so yeah but you didn't call me to talk about <laughs> for sure but I have many questions for you for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Is is this your own garden or is it communal? 
It's my own, yeah, in my backyard. So I'm back home. COVID-19 has brought me back home to Virginia temporarily. And I don't know how long, but I'm here. Um, and, you know, I started a garden in our backyard. Uh, we have a, a lot of land here. So, but it's not, uh, it's a raised bed. So it's not like I dug up the soil. Like I'm using my own, well, I purchased organic soil. Yeah, it's it's coming along. I'm more excited about the garden I'm about, I'm about to plant mm -hmm. in like a week or two because that'll be a little bit more planned out. This one I started really late. Like some of the things I planted, I should have planted in March and I actually planted them in like June. So like cucumbers, tomatoes, and it took me a long time to even find some of the seeds because there's a seed shortage. It's a whole the whole thing. I could go on and on and talk about this, and I'm sure you don't want me to. Uh, no, I can't talk about farming, but, but I, love I guess it. it's relevant. So, yeah, yeah, no, I know. love it. I love that you're going on about it because of what we're going to talk about. Um, I guess next. Well, first of all, before we even get into the gardening, like, when did you actually shoot Pharmacation? And like, why? Where did the inspiration come from? Like, why did you want to shoot this in the first place? So, oh my gosh, I shot this in 2018. I think the idea came about in, a, in 2017. So I've always had like, I love food. <laughs> and more recently, uh, and more recently being like 2015, but because my, my love for food spans <laughs> years and years and years, I'm like moving my arm to indicate the span, but you all can't see it because it's a podcast. Um, <laughs> but it spans years. And so, but healthy food, like I used to roam the aisles of Whole Foods back when I was like interning and was super broke in Atlanta after college and like read the labels. And that was like my nutrition education. Then went to San Francisco for graduate school. Farmers fell in love with farmer's markets. Like just, there was one every single day. And I was there for three years for graduate school and just fell in love. And that's when like my love for fresh farm raised food um, came from, um, natural food. And then around, like I said, 2015, I was like, you know, I have this love for food. I want to investigate it more and just learn more, see what's out there. Maybe I'll get a nutrition certificate. I don't know. And then I started to recognize, then I was like, maybe I'll, you know, be an Instagram influencer person regarding this stuff and post pictures about it and all this jazz. But as I started to do more research, I was like, okay, it's interesting. One, there's not a lot of people that look like me that, especially back then, that's, you know, talking about healthy food and all of that. And two, there's a class thing that's also apparent. It's like, if you are on this healthy lifestyle journey, you have a lot of money and um, you have a lot of money. <laughs> like you're able to support, you know, Whole Foods and all these things. And I was, am an actor. <laughs> I am an actor. And at the time was an actor in New York City who's doing well, but you know, all of my artists know, like New York City, unless you're a celebrity artist, is not an easy town to be an artist in. And so all that to say my finances were were a little, you know, short. <laughs> not, I didn't have a lot of money, basically. Um, so anyway, I started focusing more and thinking more about and researching more about food justice and how there's a disparity. And so I started volunteering, doing some urban gardening, looking at various organizations, and all of that led me to be like, okay, great, but I'm an artist. Like, 
what do I have to say about this as an artist? Like, I would love to like fuse the two, my, my food farming love and like my artistry. And I was like, oh, I'd love to like shoot something. Again, resources, very limited. And I was like, well, I could write the script and maybe submit it and try to get money and fundraise, crowdfunding, which I had done all of those on previous projects. And I said, you know what? I had been shooting Instagram shorts when they were like 15 seconds, when videos could only be 15 seconds long. And I said, you know, let me just shoot this on my iPhone, um, some of it on my iPhone. And then I decided, no, I'm not going to shoot it on my iPhone. I can reach out to some videographers that I know and I'll pay, you know, I paid them. Um, and I can do this on a limited budget, my own budget. I had a little, you know, income at the time to do that. And I, you know, hired an editor and I hired two phenomenal women to shoot it for me. Um, this is the first project that I've produced and written that I was actually in because in the past I did not like to mix the two. And um, I decided, well, let me just make it a simple story. I know this story very well. So like all of the instances that happen as an actor in Farmer Keisha have happened to me at some level. Now, I didn't go to a callback with like half my hair jacked up, but I've definitely had callbacks where the rain has got me in New York or just something. So yeah, I, I shot it. I edited it. Uh, all of it was shot in New York City. The farming scenes, the scenes on the land uh, were shot at Soul Fire Farm, which is this incredible farm in upstate New York. Um, they are more than just a farm. Um, it's a people of color led uh, farm, family farm. They hold like social justice, all types of things, workshops. And they, their focus is on not just food sovereignty, but also liberation. They do like buses from New York City to uh, Rikers and, you know, giving people, they do community supported agriculture. So CSAs on a sliding scale, like they're, they are about it. And I, I love them. I actually have their book, Farming While Black. Anyway, amazing people. And so I found out about them. I visited them. And then once I decided to shoot Farmer Keisha, I reached out via email and was like, hey, I did one of your community farm days. I don't know if you remember me, but I, I love your farm. Like, I would love to shoot this new project that I'm doing. Are you cool with that? And they got back to me immediately. Um, and was like, yeah, come on up. We're actually having another community farm day. It might be cool to do it on that day. And it was, it was great. Cause that's why all those people were around um, in Farmer Keisha in that episode. So um, yeah, I think I answered. Yeah. <laughs> I went on a long <laughs> tangent to give you the, the full history. No, no, no. you gave me so much information. I didn't even know that about the, the, the farm itself, that it's black owned. Like, that's incredible. I follow a lot on social media, um, like, you know, gardening tips and like herb tips. And like, I love food as well. So I'm always looking mm -hmm. for like more information on, on that. And I don't see that much people of color at all and which is why i found your your series so interesting because i'm like oh this is something you just you just don't see aside from the gardening i guess i want to go back to you as an actress because i think what was interesting to me was that you know you as an actress you were going through so much frustration mm -hmm. in the series and like there was like a lack of like so many things like happening for you you're trying to reach out but then when you found gardening it just kind of filled you with abundance but i didn't mm -hmm. see that you were abandoning acting either like is there something that connects you like as an actress as a creative with gardening itself that's an excellent question um 
I think being an artist as a whole, my, my feeling on being an artist is you are grabbing from aspects of your life and the more life you've lived. Like one of my grad school teachers used to say, we were a very young class, like fresh out of undergrad. And we were kind of naive, young, like none of us had done drugs for real. <laughs> like we were out here hoeing, like we were, we were nothing against hoeing, um, you know, do your thing. But like people were very just, we were, I don't know, just in a box. And he was like, you know, y'all need to live. Like you need to live in order to like dive into some of these characters. And I think that no matter what kind of artist you are, I think life will always provide you um with so much material even as i'm gardening now like there's so many things that i'm sad i haven't i didn't journal about in the moment like when i discovered them like for example last week um the sage plant that i had my grandmother transplanted it to like a bigger pot and i told her i wanted to do it but whatever she did it i'm living with my grandma and my mom so um I left it the dying at like it's black withered dying sage plant it looks crazy and I was like I need to take that sage plant out of that dirt and maybe reuse the dirt I don't know I'm still new to this so people who garden might be listening to this and be like no I'm glad you didn't but I'm glad I didn't because I've been having this thought like I need to take that out like you see Keisha this is you not following through on doing things like you need to do this thing and a few days ago, I look at that pot and there are all these green buds all throughout the pot. And I was like, I almost cried because I go, that sage plant, what I thought was dead, was not really dead. Like that soil was not dead. And soil is never dead. Soil is always living. But I didn't, and I knew soil was living, but I didn't know that something would come out of it. Now, I don't know yet if it's sage because at first I was like, it's sage. But then I looked around at some other pots and it looks similar to some other things that are like popping up in my grandmother's like pots. And so I was like, but how it's, I didn't plant anything else in that pot. So I'm like, what seeds traveled and made their way into that soil to then bud? All that to say, there's always like, it was so many lessons within that, that I'm going to definitely put on, you know, my blog once I do get it up and running and Instagram to like really mine like all of the lessons that are within that. And so I think as a gardener and as an actress, you know, you are patience is, is necessary and breathing and living and recognizing that life is happening and things are happening behind the scenes. This is more so like as an actor in the industry, like things are seeds that you have planted are will sprout at some point and like just to have patience because like I look out at my garden and I go darn when is this gonna today I was thinking because like my cucumber plants if not there's no fruit yet like there's no cucumber yet but I looked out there and there's like a, there's yellow flowers on the so I'm like okay interesting so I the greenery amazed me I was like oh my god the greenery it's beautiful leaves and the leaves feel like velvet like they they just feel amazing and then I was like okay next the, the cucumbers like I'm ready to like eat and I feel like that's how we all are in life in general it's like okay cool that's growing I planted that seed it's going to come I'm ready to eat now no <laughs> <laughs> there was a yellow flower first. And I was like, all right, flower, you cute, <laughs> but where's my cucumber? And then I had to be like, no, relax. Like, look at all of these flowers throughout here. And you didn't expect these yellow flowers to come. And I feel like as an artist in the industry, 
I've had so many lessons like that. And I'm discovering it now as I speak to you, the metaphor for that, because that literally just happened this morning. Like, okay, so I expected to like eat off of this thing. Like this is going to set me up for like, it's going to change my life. And it, it didn't, you know, but there was some metaphorical yellow flower that did sprout from that, that, you know, eventually the fruit will bear from that same seed, but it hasn't, it hasn't yet. So that's, that's what I'm connecting now as an actress and as a gardener. And I'm sure there's many more that will come to me. Um, But something I didn't say before regarding my inspiration for this is the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure I simply wanted black people to be seen images of black folks on the land in a positive way. Black African-American, because my ancestry on my mom's side is through slavery. Now we go back further than that. We know we come from Africa and you know all of that. However, I am African American. I have slave and enslaved persons are in my bloodline. And so that is what that traumatic experience of being on the land forced forced to like make this country the wealthy country that it is now. That is problematic and we we shouldn't have left the land like so many folks migrated to the north to the west and everywhere to get away like i'm not going to be a sharecropper i'm I'm sharecropper i'm not picking cotton like i'm not doing any of that however the land is what provides for us The, the land like so many of us us being black people people of color suffer diseases that are connected to diet because we are not eating real food. And so, and that's because of our disconnection from the land. And so I just wanted to show in some type of way, and the closest way I could do it was just my story. The simplest was like, okay, I'm an actor. And then I decided to become a gardener. Those are two diametrically opposed things. It was very simple. It wasn't trying to be anything um, like groundbreaking or like, oh my gosh, this story. It was just like, yo, this is, this is my story. And I want to make sure that you see this black girl falling in love with the land because all of us need to fall, all people, no matter your race, but definitely black people who have such a traumatic, uh, black African-Americans who have such a traumatic connection to the land. Uh, we must reconnect and see it as a source. And we are, you know, so many folks are like plants are everywhere and like herbal things. Like it, it is shifting and changing. But this, like I said, I created in 2018. But these thoughts had been, you know, percolating in my mind since like 2016, 2015. Just like, okay, how... How do I, you know, do this? You said so many beautiful things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first off, with with patience, I think uh, going back to the um, patience and acting and gardening, that's such a great life lesson that I think when you experience it, you have that in your body. And mm. I feel like as as you know, actors, because I'm an actor myself, and mm-hmm. I think we're taught instant gratification. Yes. Oh, like you know, you're gonna get this role, or this is gonna happen. You're gonna get this great audition. It's like it doesn't work that way. There's not a linear no. way of going against <laughs> what you want, you know. But, but I do believe that there, you know, artists, you know, should have a connection with Mother Earth because we are so connected with this world, and I think we forget that. Yes, 
ends. I think learning from that is such a great tool. And I think, I mean, what you said about um, your ancestry is, you know, I didn't even like think about that either when you uh, just watching Farmer Keisha, because I feel like what you're saying is like, you're, you're paying homage to your ancestry. Mm. You know? It's like, you're not, because I get, I, I understand that there is a traumatic experience of like, knowing what the connection is and you just want to get away from it and start over mm-hmm. and not have any connection to to that history because it's such a horrific history mm-hmm. but it happened mm-hmm. that's the truth that it happened that is the truth yeah you can't really shy away from it ignore it or cancel it out or mm-hmm. start afresh somewhere else it's more about going back to its roots and just changing the direction and, and making it more positive. Going back to the series, um, there is something, even though it starts off really comedic, but there's something that I've noticed is that in the beginning of the series, there's a lot of involvement with your hair. Yes. And you, you did mention <laughs> that, like, you know, the, like in one of the, at the callback, the, uh, your hair is like all crazy, but your hair, you, there's so much involvement with your hair, tying it up, fixing it, you know, it's crazy. But then when you're in the garden, you don't even touch it. Yeah. Is that I, intentional? You know, it was not, I love that you made that observation. I think it just goes to show, thank you so much, because it's something I didn't think about, and it actually ties to where I want Pharmakeisha to go next. I'll talk about that in a minute. But like, hair as an actor, uh, as a Black, as an African-American actor has been (laughs) one of the things that just has aggravated the hell out of me. Like. I have natural hair right now. It's in a ponytail, Afro puff under this baseball cap um, because I was in the garden today. When you have natural hair, it is natural, just like nature. It does whatever it wants to do. And so, you know, if my hair wasn't straightened and then sometimes you look differently depending on what your hair is doing. So depending on the role. Um, And so hair always when I get an audition, I go, okay what is my hair looking like? Because I know sometimes for my type, I look younger depending on how my hair is. If it's natural and then an Afro puff on top of my head, you know, folks are like, oh, you look 19. I'm not, I'm far from 19. (laughs) Um, Not to give my age away, but like, but then when it's straight and, you know, sometimes when it's straight, it can be too, whatever, glamorous or too much like, oh, you're this bougie, classy, whatever woman. Natural hair can also be classy. I'm not trying to say that. But it's just like there's so many options, which is a beautiful thing with Black women, a beautiful thing with what I can do with my hair. The main thing is sometimes it just doesn't do what I want it to do. (laughs) And so when you get an audition, you go, okay, now what do I do? Or I'm, you know, oh, it looks a mess. I'm not doing anything today. I'm going to just tie it up in a, you know, scarf or throw on a hat. Um, But then when you have to look presentable, quote unquote, um, I'm using air quotes, which is so 90s. But when you when you when you do that, when you have to like look decent, whatever that is, diving into respectability politics. But really, it's like you're on television. How many people on television do you see? Because I'm, you know, more than likely, if I'm stressing about my hair, it's for a TV film audition. If it's for theater, I don't. I'm not saying I don't care, but you know, it's it's not that serious. But for TV film, everything has to be polished down to you have to be memorized. Like you have to present as if you are shooting this thing for television in the audition. Like they're going to take that tape and throw it on TV. Like it is quick. 
and everything must be polished. So I like stress out over it. And so there's something about when I was on the farm and we were getting ready to shoot that, I was like, well, I'm going to get cornrows because then I don't have to worry about my hair. And that's the thing that's when I get braids, it's like the easy, natural hairstyle to just have. It's the hairstyle that I get when I travel. It's the hairstyle that I get. Some, I've, I've had for, I think when you met me, I had twists in my hair, but it was like me deciding, look, I'm not dealing with hair. <laughs> it's just going to be what it's going to be. And I'm going to wake up and just go. And so it's the hairstyle that is conducive to um, less stress. You can just be cute and not care about, not have to fix, you know, your hair. Because uh, even nat- even afros, afros are work. Like, don't, anybody, don't let anybody tell you an afro is not work. Like, it is work for it to be coiffed and, and to look the right way and, and all this stuff, especially if it's not trimmed and quarantine times and you can't get your hair done <laughs> and conditioned properly and you don't know I'm not hair is not my not my ministry it's not my thing so so yes it is as I'm exp- as I was exploring acting of course or my my journey and struggle as an actor of course hair was a part of it and then when I get to this peaceful place of course it's like oh well I'm this is easy I feel good about myself and then I don't have to worry about it now, how it connects to pharmacia down the road is that, and I don't know if you, well, I'll just talk about it since I'm saying it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't exactly know what the next step as far as medium is for pharmacia, but what I do know is that I definitely want to focus on this statement that I've heard from Leah Penniman, who is the woman who, um, she's one of the founders of Soul Fire Farm. Uh, in upstate New York, the farm I mentioned before, she talks about our ancestors um, braiding seeds into their hair before they boarded transatlantic slave ships because they believed in um, the future sovereignty of the land. And so it is incredible to me, and she talks extensively about this in various podcasts and I've read books and you know things where she's mentioned it too in articles and it's incredible to me that they didn't know where they were going but they knew they had to eat and they knew that the land would provide so and the image and there are vi- there are videos of like some communities actually a friend of mine who um, is an actor and does hair created a piece just recently And she found video of like this community in Brazil braiding the seeds into this girl, like how they used to do it. Um, And it's a modern video, um, but they, you know, the tradition being passed down. And they would literally like part the hair and like place seeds into the part and then braid over Mm. it. And so it is interesting to me. I did not intentionally get cornrows because I was thinking of that history it just goes to show how things that are just in you creative. It goes back to what we were talking about before. When you are an artist, the more life you live, the more you have exposure to things. That's why I like talking to various different types of people, traveling and experiencing all types of things are gifts for an artist. 
because they show up in your work and something, especially if you're an actor, because your, your body is your instrument and you're using your whole body, your mind, your soul, your body, your physicality. It's why your body has to be fit and not fit like your muscle or whatever, like skinny. No, fit in that you're able to move and you're able to be in your body and feel all parts of your body. So yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> talked for a long time and then I'm like, oh, did I answer all her You're questions? giving such great information. Like it's, okay. it's blowing my mind. I, I remember back in 2018, I shot a web series and um, I cast a, a girl to play a role. Her name was Nadia and I cast her to play mm-hmm. Candace. And in the audition, she came in and she had natural hair. She did wonderful. I loved her from from the start. And um, once I cast somebody, I usually tell them like what to wear, how to do their hair and makeup. And for her, I mm-hmm. told her, keep your hair natural. But then she showed up with her hair completely straightened. She said that she had to do it for an audition. And I got kind of upset because I just felt like there's so many demands on Black women as actors on mm-hmm. the way they look. I mean, there's so many demands on the, how a woman looks, how an actress mm-hmm. looks, but I think there's even more demands on a Black woman. What you're telling me about the, the, the seeds being braided into the hair, I, for me, when I hear that, I just, I just feel that there's like a neglect on who a Black woman is, you know, like mm. their culture and who they are deep down inside. It's like, you're not mm-hmm. just a, you know, a shell of a being <laughs> that's supposed mm-hmm. to look good on TV. It's like, you, you have so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes for, like, so many different cultures. But I think because society is just so much more demanding on Black women, so much more. And it's just, it's like, look how how much you're neglecting and look how much you, Keisha, like, you're producing so much information and so much out of you. Imagine what we can do with all of that information that you just provided, Mm. you know? But unfortunately, you know, especially in in an audition room, a lot of that gets neglected. And, you know, to be on the other side as a producer, director, I understand. Now, I don't, I, I, I am not trying to promote neglecting seeing the whole person. What I, what I do understand as someone who's been on that other side is how it's not about the actor a lot of times, but it is about the actor. Like, especially for TV film, there's so many other things going on. Mm-hmm. Like oh my gosh, locations. Like I was able to, all of the things in Farmer Keisha, you know, I shot that stuff guerrilla style. Like it was, I did not have permits to shoot in Union Square, you know, where the farmer's market was. We were just shooting handheld. Um, When I was shooting on the subway, you know, we didn't set up a tripod because if you set up a tripod on the subway, then you can get caught and then you need a permit. You need to prove that you have received a permit to shoot here, we shot handheld for that. You know what I mean? Like there's so many pieces that sometimes folks can get bogged down by that. This is not an excuse, but I can understand a small part of it um, because there are a lot of things going on. However, with that being said, the casting director's job is to just cast. They don't have to think about locations and all of that. So you know, a casting director not paying attention to an actor for whatever reason is always mind-boggling to me. And, um, you know, I've, I've thankfully encountered some great casting directors who, um, Marcy Phillips, actually, in New York City, for she's ABC casting director being one of them, like throughout her office, like actors that are listening to this who have auditioned for her, 
she has like inspirational quotes all over her office. And this is ABC. Like this is not some small indie casting director like this is. And she's always very warm and very kind. And that has no bearing on you. Um, just being warm and kind doesn't mean I'm expecting to get the role. Like I know there's hundreds and hundreds of actors auditioning on this coast, <laughs> let alone who's coming from the West Coast for this this opportunity that's for ABC, which is a national, you know, uh, broadcasting channel. And so, but you go in there and you feel like, okay, I feel embraced. I feel good. And she treated me like a human being. Cool. I did my work and then I go home and that's it. And you, you move on and you do the next thing. Uh, but then sometimes you go in and you feel like, like less of a human because someone has, has put you down or has neglected to pay attention to you. Um, I had that in an audition once where, you know, the casting director, and this was a top casting director in New York was not paying attention to me. And then like midway through my audition, I happened to like glance towards her direction. I saw her like looking then. And I was like, and then afterwards she was interested. And it was like, Oh, so I had to, I had to prove my talent in order for you to accept me as a human being. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a human regardless, whether like my talent does not determine my worth. And that's something that I even have to tell myself when I get down, like my talent and my output as an artist, as anybody, artist, person, entrepreneur, scientist, I don't care what you do, your output does not determine your worth. And I'm saying that like another time for myself. Because, you know, especially in these times, you can feel like, I'm not doing anything. What am I worth? And that's not cool. And so to have many experiences like that with people who can potentially change your life with this opportunity, it takes a toll on you. So, yeah, you want to escape to the damn forest and, like, plant some some trees and some some fruit uh, whatever plant some vegetables and some salad and some collard greens and like just be in the dirt because you're like yo I I don't need that type of energy like at the end of the day like yeah we want art we need art to live but do we need the industry to be acting in the way that it does especially at these times we notice what's important like what's essential is art What's not essential is some of the extra industry BS. And that's fall by the wayside. Like either you create an art or you're not creating art. Um, yeah. So. I think I think what I'm hearing you say too is that, you know, you, you gardening is your output of being artistic because mm. walking into mm -hmm. an audition room and working with the industry is not artistic. It is and not. You were saying so you know, I, I as an artist, like I feel as if going to an audition doing callbacks or doing all those self tapes is more of a it's just doing business yeah and i think artists do have to understand that you have to have some sort of output and i i love what you're doing because gardening and connecting with you know the earth is like connecting to yourself as mm, well mm -hmm, and i'm mm -hmm. sure you're, you're getting you're getting so much for yourself at the end of the day because you can't get anything from the industry unfortunately um, no but i think that's also a very positive note too because you shouldn't have to get things or validation from anybody you know that's true what you're doing for yourself if you're gardening is just you and the soil and the seeds mm -hmm. and the earth and just yourself 
mm-hmm. and you're really connecting with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for artists to understand. And not just artists, I think human beings in general. One thing I want, I did want to ask you, I think just to wrap up the, the podcast as well, is um, mm-hmm. with former Keisha, are you reaching out to actors alone or are you reaching out to the Black community alone or is it to everyone? And like, is there like a message that you want people to take away from it? I think, you know, I want to reach out. Well, so I already mentioned that, you know, I created this for Black folks to see themselves. Mm-hmm on the land in a positive way. And, you know, as I'm saying that right now, I'm thinking about, I recently just rewatched the um, Toni Morrison documentary on Hulu. And she was like, I, you know, she has so many, you can see all her interviews about, you know, not creating for white people, not creating for the white gaze. And it's difficult as a black person in this society to not, create for the white gaze because sometimes you do that unintentionally just because that's how that's the society we were brought up in and so you know i i'd like to think i'm not trying to show white people like look we can farm too like nah that's not even no um so i guess if i was to be creating for someone maybe it's just for black people but i think it, it can extend to anybody and as for a message you know for me as an artist when i was at spelman so i went to spelman for undergrad i wanted to get into entertainment because i wanted to like do something i came across this phrase like our word edutainment where you're like educating and providing entertainment i after graduate school i kind of um push that to the side because I feel like messaging people are going to get, I am the message, you know, like my, my existence, all of my knowledge, all of the things that I just spoke about in this podcast, I hope are clear in my piece. I, I try not to go into something saying, I want you to get this thing. Um, Beyond, I mean, I did say I wanted Black people to see themselves with a positive association with the land, but that was, that was kind of the inspiration. That was kind of the thing, the catalyst that made me go, okay, I want to create something. What do I want to create? And then I'm just going to go from there. So I try not to let my brain and messaging get too caught up into like thinking too much because that used to get me in trouble a lot in school. <laughs> um, because I would be thinking like, this is what it should be. This is what it's supposed to be. As opposed to, you know, we create, sometimes we don't know where things come from, where you're just creating, you're an artist, your imagination is working and you don't know what your imagination is pulling from. That's why it's important to like feed the inner child that never goes away. And I've been, that's fresh for me because, I've been watching a lot of Disney movies in the last, last couple weeks um, because I've just been wanting some very, very light uh, entertainment. And I've been revisiting all like Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and things from my childhood um, and rewatching Black is King like a million times. I mean, that's on Disney Plus. It's not a Disney movie from my childhood, but um, I've just been yearning for 
color and brightness and simple stories for whatever reason that's what my spirit needs at this time and i can i know in the past i would have judged that and said no you need to watch another documentary about our people especially at this time because things are hard and rough and that's when you start to cut off sides of yourself and i i i'm not for that i i'm not always successful at it but um so messaging is a tricky word for me the simple answer is i want black people to see that they can have a positive experience with the land but if pharmakeisha with that being said if pharmakeisha continued um at that time i was thinking that you would i'd written a few things after that like once she's on the farm it's not easy like you know farming um i wrote something um about farming the other day for oh something else i'm a part of um this food network and like you know respect to all farmers and farm workers because the education the strength the discipline the awareness of so many different things science the weather soil um beauty aesthetic patience like life like there's so many things that farm physical labor like the rigor that's required there's so many different uh things that are required to be a farmer or a farm worker i never want to diminish or make it seem like it's something easy but at the same time all of us have the capability to grow our own food mm-hmm. but just know like to make a business out of it is is not an easy thing when you're like okay i need this crop to yield <laughs> you know some cucumbers because i have people who are depending on these cucumbers and i got to pay my mortgage with that if you're just growing in your backyard and your cucumbers don't come through yeah y'all just don't have cucumbers that year but your tomatoes came through you got tomatoes you know or your salad you got salad and tomatoes cucumbers you'll learn you know from whatever pest ate your food and then you'll move on but we using capitalism have tried to circumnavigate that and say no we're going to spray it with things and chemicals and you still will have a crop now anyway I've I've jumped onto something else but yeah uh messaging is tricky for me. No I mean I think I think what I hear with your messaging is you know you want to have you want you want the black community to have a positive outlook on mm-hmm. their selves and like their future because I know especially all throughout my life and also throughout this year there's an angle of just focusing on suffrages that black people had to endure for generations. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, you know, it's it is trauma that's already there, but it's instead of I guess instead of feeding that trauma or feeding that that negative space, you know, just feeding into that one side, like what can you what can come out of it that's positive that you can move forward with it for black people to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, for the community to grow and to not have to rely on the white community, white people in general because mm-hmm. you are right, this our society has been driven by the white gaze mm-hmm. and how can we readjust that and the only way that you can readjust that is if you motivate your own community yes you know so i for for me like i'm hearing something like positive coming out of it like you want you want you know your community to move on their own with positivity versus mm-hmm. caught in the story and and caught in this trauma from ages ago and even now Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. 
everything that you told me, I just, uh, <laughs> you gave me so much information about pharmacation that I was not expecting. And I, I love, I just love what you're doing. I really do. Oh. I appreciate what you're doing. And as someone, someone, of course, Keisha. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, it's funny on, on YouTube, I've been following a lot of like uh, gardening channels, but like, I just, mm -hmm. like I said before, I just don't see that many people of color. You do see it mm -hmm. here and there, but just not as much. So, you know, mm -hmm. I really am looking forward to a revamping of Pharmakeisha because I think what you're doing is just so great. And I really Thank hope you. that you move forward with it and can grow the series because it is really interesting. Thank you so much again for being my first. Like, I'm so grateful that like you're doing this with me and, and that you're my first interviewer. Because again, this was this was just such a great experience. And hearing hearing what you're doing is just it's feeding my soul. <laughs> oh yes. See, yeah. that's that's what it's about. The more I do anything, I go. Well, yeah, it's like that yellow flower. Like I'm gonna keep coming back to that. It's like okay, you did this thing. You planted this seed. And there's so many other things that will come from that. That's not the main thing that you thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And I have, you have to still have faith and hope that that main thing is in the works. Like it will come eventually. It might not look the way you expect it to look, but it will eventually, you know, happen because that's what you're working towards. That's what your dream is. But these other things along the way, like these yellow flowers that pop up or the leaves feeling like velvety, like it's, it's, yeah. it's insane. Plant um, those seeds. Plant those seeds. And, and, and tend to them, yeah. <laughs> and tend to them. And then also just like check, look at them, tending to them sometimes for me is like, yo, look at, I'm in awe. And then I go, well, it's also doing its own thing in the same way things are doing its own thing and you just wait thank you all so much for listening to Keisha's story about her production of Farmer Keisha don't forget to follow the Dark Brown channel to find out more information about Farmer Keisha and future episodes with other guests